Hey there. How is everyone? Um, I still feel like Scandival is in charge of all of us. Like, it is still running our lives. They're recording, they recorded the reunion this week, and, like, people were freaking out already. Um, like, am I gonna have to watch this whole season? I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, we got a trailer for the Bridgerton Queen Charlotte spinoff. It looks fine, I'm gonna go on the record saying but I will be consuming it like the minute it appears. Uh, so I hope it's better than what I'm expecting it to be. Um, also, we got this news that there's going to be this movie called Mother Mary where Anne Hathaway is going to be a pop star and Michaela Cole is going to be her fashion designer. And it's going to be like, um, it, the description is an epic pop melodrama with original music by Charlie XCX and Jack Antonoff. I mean, like, I'm going to be there, you know, like, I'm going to watch this. And unfortunately, we're going to get way too many jokes because it's called Mother Mary. So like Megan Trainer, look out. Another mother has arrived. Um, Also, I know this isn't news for a lot of you. I guess Taylor Swift released four new songs. Um, I feel a little confused. I'm not going to lie. I also have not listened to them, but I have seen TikToks of um her concert and i just want you all to know that a lot of these children are literally doing live streams on tiktok so if you don't have tickets there's a very easy way for you to watch the show i've seen look what you made me do probably like four different times now i don't i don't even know she's had four different concerts um but she was crushing it in arizona and emma stone was there and laura dern was there laura dern did not look like she knew all the words which i was obsessed with the Heim girls were there, of course. The Heim sisters' relationship with Taylor Swift is fascinating. Taylor Swift has a lot of different best friends, you know? Anyway, that's not the point of all of this. The point of all of this is, um, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about a new Nepo baby discovery. We're going to talk about Gwyneth Paltrow getting sued for allegedly running into someone on a ski slope or having someone allegedly run into her in Utah. We're going to talk about um, Amazon Prime and how uh, maybe we should all be watching it all the time. And also, should I continue my membership? That's just a personal question. Just putting that out there in the universe. Um, and I also do a quick Os- Oscars recap. I understand it has been a while. No one cares anymore, but I just wanted to note a couple of things. Okay, let's catch up. Okay, so I want to start with this story that's not funny, but it's just so crazy. So I don't know if you guys remember this. There was um, a, a story a couple years ago about a man who was like, Gwyneth Paltrow ran into me at a ski lounge, knocked me out skied away, didn't, you know, help, didn't get um, medical attention for him, whatever. And now this man is suing Gwyneth Paltrow. He's a 76-year-old man and um, in Utah. And recently Gwyneth Paltrow has, you know, been, she was in some interview talking about how she, she barely eats. Her diet is so crazy. I literally don't know how she's alive. And just now I saw a clip of Chris Martin also saying that he like doesn't eat dinner or something. He was like, I stopped eating at four. And someone commented like, has anyone checked on Apple Martin? And I was like, truly, let's check on her because I don't think she was raised with any sort of actual, like there's no way they ate normally in that house, right? Like mom is just eating bone broth for lunch and dad is not eating dinner, like they never had a pizza night in that house, you know? 
Um, anyway, so she's in this uh, courtroom situation, and um, we love a courtroom situation, right? She's in this like um, huge cream turtleneck, big old big old neck with the aviator glasses and um, a monogram notebook and a green juice. And the man initially sued her for three point one million dollars. And now he has just decided to go for $300,000 in damages. <laughs> Can you imagine suing someone, anyone for $3.1 million for running into you on a, on a mountain? I already think that sounds insane. But especially when you're suing a celebrity, it's like so obvious that you're just gunning for their money. And Gwyneth has countersued because she said that he skied into her, which I'm like, someone get some... They don't have any cameras up on those trees. Get some security footage. Um, she's just countersuing for a dollar plus attorney's fees. So um, we'll see. But the um, crash, I guess she was learning how to ski, which is shocking to me that she did not know how to ski before 2019 or 2016 is when the accident happened. I guess 2019 is very weird. That's when he like said that's when he sued her. Um, he said that he had four broken ribs um, he's also suing her for the loss of enjoyment of life, emotional distress, and that, um, the ski instructor is a co-defendant because, uh, Gwyneth skied into him, I guess, and then just went away with the instructor. Um, and they were just like on a beginner mountain. So he sues her in 2019 and, um, people are like, yeah, no, he, she didn't run into you. This is just a, a money ploy or whatever. You run into her. Um, and Gwyneth countersued, like I said, for a dollar. She's taking ski lessons. He runs into her. She says she was shaken and upset. She quit skiing for the day. Um, and that a resort employee um, like has backed Gwyneth's account and said that she... Um, did get hit. So it, this is happening in Utah, which is just so crazy to think of Gwyneth Paltrow just hanging out in Utah. There was like a camera put up the other day that was pointed towards, um, Gwyneth's, um, desk with her lawyer and her lawyer had to be like, yeah, there's a new camera and it's literally pointed at us just waiting for Gwyneth's reaction, which is inappropriate in a courtroom or whatever. Um, and so now there's kind of these, like, I don't know, these people saying that, um, you know, judges are just trying to make their bones with these like celebrity cases, which is obviously so inappropriate, but that like people did it with like John, the judge in the Johnny Depp trial and stuff like that. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so Gwyneth is just sitting there sipping a green juice while a medical expert is like, yeah, this man's quality of life really, um, decreased and it deteriorated abruptly is the direct quote. Um, allegedly impacting, this is another quote, allegedly impacting his relationships with his children, grandchildren, and girlfriend. Um, now, <laughs> they they go on to say, like, these aren't related to his age. Y'all know me. I'm not the nicest, right? This man is 76 and skiing and runs into someone. Yeah, you don't bounce back as fast as you once did. I don't think you can just sue Goop. I just don't think that's how it happens. So it sucks that we all have to be on Gwyneth's side is what I'm saying. I hate when they make us be on Gwyneth's side. Sir, do you know how difficult that is? (music) 
Okay, just want to do a brief Oscars um, recap because I know it was so long ago at this point. Um, but just want to touch on um, some of the fun moments. It felt like a pretty innocuous Oscars, right? Like there wasn't that much going on. It was a champagne carpet instead of a red carpet. Obviously, after last year, you know, everyone was like probably just interested in sitting there and then getting out of there, which is fine. Everything Everywhere All at Once just crushed um, winning every acting category except for Best Actor, which went to Brendan Fraser, whose sons were doing his dad jokes on the red carpet, and it was adorable, and I did love I just called it the red carpet. What are we supposed to do? Like, it's a societal norm. Champagne carpet. Just ridiculous. Apparently it got filthy, too, because people were just walking all over it. Insane. Anyway, um, Natu Natu won, and they gave a performance that did not include all of the dancers from the movie originally. It included a bunch of just, like, white dancers from L.A., which is weird, but whatever. Um, Jimmy Kimmel hosted. I did see someone tweet, like, um, you know, it's up to someone there to do, like, the funniest bit ever, which would be to, like, walk up and slap someone. Um they really did not joke about it that much, I guess. Like, I feel like Jimmy Kimmel only made a couple of jokes and he was, like, alluding to the crisis team that would, like, do nothing if someone did do something. Um, <clears throat> Jamie Lee Curtis won for Best Supporting Actress, which, like, really did not make a lot of sense to me or a lot of other people on the internet. And then people started coming for Angela Bassett because she looked disappointed, which it's, like, leave her alone she did expect to win. She was deserving of the win. So was Stephanie Hsu, for what it's worth. Um, I feel like she was so much better in that film than Jamie Lee Curtis, but I feel like I've said this for probably months now. Um, so I am... She seems, like, thrilled for the rest of her people, but, you know, we would have loved to have gotten her a statue as well. Kihui Kwan, I mean... Just an absolute delight. An absolute delight. So happy that he won. Um, him and Brendan, though, both are people that were, like, blackballed by the industry, right? Like, Brendan, because he um, accused the head of the HFPA of uh, sexual assault. And I think he, because uh, people were not casting him in anything other than Asian caricature, um roles and they both were you know they both won and both were very grateful but um they could have just given everyone in the room a finger the finger I think and been like you know what you tried to keep me down but looks like I'm too talented for all of you um <laughs> anyway um oh gosh what's her last name um the woman who is the costume director for um Black Panther, Ruth, gosh, I wish I remembered her last name, or wrote it down. Dang, Meg. Um, she won her second Oscar for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and she is the first black woman to win two Oscars, like literally in any category. I know. I was shocked. I was shocked. I thought surely that was a typo that someone was like, but no, she's just the first two black woman to win two Oscars at all. And she's obviously incredibly deserving of um, both of them. And I liked that her acceptance speech was on a card that um, matched her dress. It was the exact same, like, highlighter yellow kind of color. And I'm like, that is a real, that's why she won, you know? Um, we had all the performances of all the songs. Lady Gaga smeared off all her makeup and sang Hold My Hand. Rihanna performed Lift Me Up. 
it was the most I'd enjoyed the song, to be honest. Um, Diane Warren and Sophia Carson sang their song, which Sophia Carson is a fascinating one to me because during the ceremony, I looked up her filmography because I was like, maybe I've just missed something that she's been in. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Um, so she's honestly crushing it uh, because she's just like singing at the Oscars, but like not really that busy. Um, and oh, not to not to I mentioned, I think those were all the musical performances, right? Oh, and then the song from Everything Everywhere where David Byrne was wearing hot dog fingers. Um, all in all, pretty like pretty predictive, right? Like Michelle Yeoh won, which is great and important. And Halle Berry presented the award to her, which is also incredible that literally the first woman of color to um, win an Oscar for best actress over 20 years ago or exactly 20 years. I can't remember exactly which one was there to present it to the second one who won one. And I feel like they both were um, aware of the importance and it was great that uh, Will Smith couldn't be there because he slapped someone last year. So Halle Berry did get to be there um, to present it. Um, and that was a wonderful moment. And I did really like it so much. But I also was like, good grief. Good grief. Um, and, you know, Jessica Chastain was there with that jawline, just crushing. Um, love them all. Jessica Chastain also wearing her mask always because she's doing, you know, eight shows a week of A Doll's House, which... Um, I don't think I'm going to go see, but I have seen TikToks of how she like walks out of the theater at the end, like a side door or something. Seems crazy. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I don't know what else there is to say other than I'm not completely sure what's going on with Austin Butler. I did see that video of Vanessa Hudgens walking by him af at an after party or something. And um, someone on Twitter said she's definitely scrolling through her settings, which made me laugh. He brought Kaya Gerber to the uh, Vanity Fair after party, which I do feel like the Vanity Fair after party had much better looks than the actual red carpet. Like there were not a lot of memorable looks on the red carpet, I feel like. Like I really enjoyed Angela Bassett's like royal purple moment. But other than that, like these people were not they were not impressing me. Um, but the after party looks were better. And honestly, like, I would just want to go to the after party. It's so much food. Also want to point out that the chicken shop date girl and Andrew Garfield did not do an interview together. And you can't tell me that that's like Andrew Garfield's camp being like, you can't keep doing interviews with that girl because people on the internet think that you're in love with each other. But it's good content. I would have enjoyed it. Oh, the last thing that was actually precious, precious. An Irish Goodbye won for, like, a short film. I don't know anything about it. I'm never going to see it. But um, one of the stars or the star, again, I have not seen it. It was his birthday that night, and so the directors got the whole audience to sing happy birthday to him, and it did make me emotional, and it was adorable, and I was like, perfect. Best case scenario is your birthday's at the Oscars, and you can make um, all these famous people sing happy birthday to you. Love that. My first question is, have we found the queen of the Nepo babies? Um, she might be doing it better than, than any of these other kids. Um, if you have not seen it already, it's been deleted, but it's all over Twitter. Um, Sofia Coppola's daughter made a TikTok, and she's a literal teenager. She's 16, and she <laughs> starts the video. Okay, her name is either Romy or Rami. 
I want to go with Romy because Romy and Michelle, you know, Romy Croquette Mars. I don't know. Um, her mom is Sofia Coppola, like I said. Dad is uh, Thomas Mars, who is um, the front man of Phoenix. Um, but we have, you know, done this Sofia Coppola thing before where I just start wandering on about, like, random people that are connected to that bloodline that, like, no, because not everyone uses the last name, which includes Schwartzman and Nicolas Cage. Um, so in this TikTok, the 16-year-old starts it by saying, um, make a vodka sauce pasta with me because I'm grounded, um, because I tried to charter a helicopter from New York to Maryland on my dad's credit card because I wanted to have dinner with my camp friend. <laughs> incredible so then she starts going on about how she doesn't know the difference between a garlic and an onion and she's like i have all these pictures of onions on my phone because i had to google it because i don't know the difference i'm embarrassed i'm embarrassed and she like takes this big knife out she chops into an onion she's like is this an onion i don't know and then she goes uh my parents biggest rule is i'm not allowed to have any public social media accounts here's why and then she just picks up a grammy and holds it in the camera she goes they don't want me to become a nepotism kid but like tiktok's not gonna make me famous so it doesn't really matter I love that she never for a second thought that this would have a full moment. She really didn't, which is beautiful and lends itself to the nepotism baby of it all is that she never once thought that we would care. Um, But she made art. She made art. That's the thing is that like this could have been really obnoxious, but she's 16. It was hilarious. So then she um, goes on and on about uh, the difference between onion and garlic and then she shows her babysitter's boyfriend uh, who's petting the dog. And she says, what do you think about the whole helicopter um, fiasco? And he looks into the camera and says the best thing for someone without a script. And he says, I'd like to think of it as more of a fiasco because it's you know feminine. And she goes, ah, yes, Women's History Month. And then just goes back to her thing. Actually, she introduces the boyfriend and she says, this is my babysitter's boyfriend, Ari. They're kind of like my replacement parents because my parents are never here. (laughs) Jaw on the floor. You know she was serious. She's 16 years old. With famous parents, they definitely um, aren't there. That's another reason Nepo babies probably shouldn't have social media, right? Is because they would just tattle on how their parents are missing. Anyway, she literally called her babysitter, her babysitter's boyfriend, um, her replacement parents, boyfriend played his role to a T crushed it. Um, I don't think we will ever get, um, a sequel to this, unfortunately, but wouldn't it be great if she started doing a little cooking series? I would love it. Is Amazon Prime finally getting it together? Is that what we're watching? I feel like they're in a little hot streak right now. Um, I feel like for a while they were just like a bunch of old movies and a couple original programs like Jack Ryan and yeah, that's literally the only one I can think of it. I did not watch that. Also, Jack Ryan is such a good example of me wondering if someone is like busy in this business being like, huh, I wonder what, what's, what's his name? Why can't, why did my brain just go break? Emily Blunt's husband, Krasinski. I was like, why can I not remember his name? He's someone that for a while you're like, I haven't seen him in anything lately. He did A Quiet Place, but I don't know. And then it turns out he's done like multiple seasons of this show. I love finding out that I have a blind spot for someone. And I thought that they were like not really doing a lot of work. And it turns out that they were working like very hard for years and years and years. So crazy. Anyway, 
Um, obviously, I'm talking partially about Daisy Jones and the Six, which uh, the finale is out now. Um, and it took me a while to get into it. I'm not going to lie. I feel like when they were telling their story separately before they got together as like a full band, when they were talking about just the Six and Daisy Jones separately, I was like not interested. But once they finally were like performing together, I was like, this is like the meat of the book that I remember. Um, but that, and then class of 07 is this Australian show that, um, I saw on TikTok originally, obviously, and it's giving a little bit of yellow jackets, which we know I have not watched because it's on Showtime where, um, it's just like a group of women in like a dystopian world ending stranded scenario, except the um, specifics of class of 07 is that they are at their high school class reunion at their like private school on like a mountain, which I say private school, but like sometimes I get confused, you know, cause like in Australia, like everyone might go to like a uniform private school, you know, like I was watching dairy girls the other day. I finally finished season three. I cried. It's fine. Um, and at one point someone puts on a different uniform and I thought that she was going to college, but like it was just a different school. I get so confused. Anyway, point being, they're at their high school reunion and then, like, the whole world gets flooded or something. But they're kind of on this mountain and so they're fine. Um, But they obviously have to learn how to survive. We love, you know, a female friendship. We love a woman taking charge. We love, you know, these dynamics the girlies are fighting, but they're also trying to survive. They, like, need each other. But it's very, very funny because, per usual, Australians are another culture of people that I think have a better sense of humor than Americans. So it's, like, very dry. It's very cutting. Um, Really quite a fan. But the same day that Class of 07 came out last week, Swarm also came out. I have not watched it yet. I am a little scared. The Twitter discourse around it is embarrassing at best um, because I guess people have always thought that when there are like sexual acts in a TV show that the actors are actually doing that. Horrifying. I know. Horrifying. Like, what do you, what? These are the kinds of things though, that make me like, (laughs) like we should not have literacy tests, literacy tests for voting and things like that. We're literally instituted by like racists, but it's like this I'm like maybe we should have more tests like people are not as bright as I think we give them credit for and in moments like this we really find out um uh, anyway swarm is this show that's produced and co-created by Donald Glover and I'm gonna get roasted over the coals because I don't know his co-creator's name who is a black woman Donald Glover has his history of like potentially hating black women it's fine um But it's definitely, like, rooted in Beyonce, right? Swarm is the name of this, like, fandom and the show. And there is um, a pop star uh, featured in the show. And um, a woman, Dominique Fishback's character, literally plays a woman who's, like, so obsessed with the pop star and so obsessed with her, like, fandom that she, like, literally kills for her. Um, so I don't know if it's going to be like a little too scary for me, but I do want to, you know, lean in because if it's based on the beehive, you know, I have to be there and present seated. Um, but I need to try it. My point is that like, this is a lot, these are like really, we're touching really different corners, right? Like you're talking about class of 07. It's like a very funny, raunchy comedy. And then Daisy Jones obviously is this like, um, 
literal like drama music based on a book and then you've got swarm that's like completely unlike anything else that we have other than like the real life situation of um Beyonce um but I'm kind of surprised and impressed I guess and then at the end of the month they have the power coming out which is a book that for years I've said I was going to read and have not read thumbs up um, but I'm excited about it and maybe I can try and read it in the next week so that I actually know what's going on in the show. But honestly, just like Daisy Jones and the Six, like I will read this book, even if I read it the week before the show comes out, I will not, like, I, I still can't connect the dots. Like people who have complained about the like songs in Daisy Jones or that like certain things have not reflected what they remember from the book, the way that I cannot remember anything, <laughs> embarrassing embarrassing what is she reading the books for if she cannot even remember it i know it's going to be the same thing when this last thing he told me comes out on apple tv with jennifer garner and that guy who his name has a lot of consonants i remember the very 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 end of the book and gasping but like literally do not remember anything else and if it is anything like the book i feel like it will have to be like kind of vague at points the way that I won't be able to follow this show, I'm already well aware. Anyway, my point is, if you have Prime, make sure you are, like, going and looking at these shows because there is, like, more there. And if you don't have Prime, honestly, I want to talk to you about it because, like, I am considering canceling it because, like, it doesn't really seem like the Prime benefits are what they used to be. But that's a separate conversation. But it's one that I would love to have with someone who's also going through this crisis. Okay, great. Oh, guys, this whole thing with um, Selena Gomez and Hailey Bieber is getting out of control, okay? It's always been bad. It's always seemed like Hailey was very uncomfortable with, like, Selena Gomez's previous relationship with Justin Bieber, right? And that she was, like, deeply insecure. There are also the rumors, you know, that he was going to get kicked out of the country, and so Hillsong set him up. Uh, to marry Hailey Bieber. And I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to start believing it. (laughs) Um, Anyway, leading us all to believe that maybe it's not even a marriage of love. It's a marriage of convenience, as the book trope people say. Um, Anyway, obviously they've had like this like assorted amount of beef over time and it flips back and forth and then they like take a picture together and then it's all fine and now there's like the eyebrow thing whatever it's just is such a mess and I literally had to go to the children on TikTok to explain it to me because I did not even understand what was going on but now Selena Gomez is saying that Haley called her and said she's getting death threats and Selena's like please be kind and I'm just like listen there's a deep irony in this that like it always seems like Haley is the one that's like kind of poking fun at selena and then like selena doesn't do anything about it and all of her friends or fans are like stop stop you're being so mean and then Haley's like selena they're being mean to me it's like i'm not saying anyone deserves death threats by any means but you know what goes around comes around you can't be a mean girl and not expect some backlash i guess is my point um anyway there's a new season of love is blind coming out Uh, so I guess that I will be doing that instead of finishing any books. Um, also SNL, they, um, ratified a union contract. So Quinta will still be hosting on April 1st. Their post-production editors were like, um, going to go on strike, um, because, you know, they're being like overworked and underpaid. Who isn't? Um, (laughs) 
Um, but great news, we'll still get SNL music videos, so um, no worries there. I know that you think I'm being ironic, but sometimes those are the best songs. Like, think about um, Cuffing Season. That's not a real song, and I want it on Spotify so badly. Every time I hear it on TikTok, I'm like, and I just don't think that SZA is going to do it, you know? Because I think that the rest of the cast would willingly put it on Spotify, but I don't think SZA is going to do it for us. Um, but that song is so good. I need a big boy. Um, anyway, I think that's it for this week. Thanks for catching up.